Namaste, my friends. Welcome back. Or if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. The Harmony Inspired Health Podcast brings you raw and real conversations from leaders in the industry about all things health, wellness, Ayurveda, and life. My name is Harmony, and I am your podcast host. I am an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner who specializes in women's hormonal health, a registered nurse, and a business mentor. I'm on a mission to inspire, educate, and empower women to take charge of their health, wealth, and life. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so the wisdom shared in these episodes can be spread far and near. Thank you so much from my soul to yours. Before we hop into this awesome episode, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my accredited program, Ayurveda Alchemist, which will certify you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. Ayurveda Alchemist is for women who are ready to get started with a fulfilling career in Ayurveda or for already established health, wellness, and life coaches who want to create greater impact by offering a holistic framework that gets their clients exceptional and holistic results. This certification is what you need to step into the high-level practitioner that you were born to be and stand out from the coaching crowd. You will experience undeniable growth as a premium health and wellness coach. You will be mentored by highly qualified facilitators, guest experts, and practitioners. Spots are strictly limited. So if you are ready to up-level your life and help transform others' lives by becoming an Ayurveda alchemist, then head over to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au and apply today. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, wonderful humans. On today's episode, I it, it's a little bit different, actually. I was asked to present um, for the Stay Focus box. And the lovely Shay, who is the owner of the Stay Focus box, has given me the recording or the audio recording so that I could create a wonderful podcast out of it because we both loved the um, conversation so much and it's something that we both feel could help so many more people and that is learning about my six life-changing habits to create optimal health, wealth and happiness. So a little bit about Shay. She is a wonderful woman who is very committed to living her life to the fullest without letting her depression or anxiety stop her from unleashing her full potential and fulfilling her purpose in life. She is on a journey to have an unstoppable mindset, world-class health for herself and absolute financial freedom in order to give back more to her community and free her family from any financial hardship. So she is out to do amazing things. And with that, she has created the Stay Focused subscription box, which is 
one of Australia's newest and most wonderful, beautiful subscription boxes. They are a motivational and self-love monthly subscription box with the mission to inspire women to become the best versions of themselves so that they can unleash their full potential. Stay Focus Box is not only a subscription box, they are more than just a box. Their subscribers get exclusive access to their digital hub with a variety of personal development resources, such as webinars, guided meditations, productivity templates, and more. And I was one of those guest speakers um, for their digital platform. It really is more than just a box. It, I mean, you get an amazing, beautiful box rock up with all of the health and wellness things. It's like giving yourself this self-love gift every single month. So it is, Shay is just doing such an amazing and beautiful job with um, the Stay Focus box. And she is, is just a wonderful human being herself. So in saying that, we will move on to this workshop that I ran for um, her beautiful um, clients and subscribers. And it is all about my six life-changing habits for better health, wealth, and happiness. So please enjoy. So thank you so much and enjoy. Uh, thank you so much for your beautiful welcome and thank you so much for having me in your group it, it really does mean a lot to me I love sharing this information and I especially love like sharing these core pillars of really how to create lasting health wealth and happiness so welcome to all of the amazing people who have joined us today and also those who will be watching the replay um it is a sunday morning so i really appreciate you being here i'm very excited to share um, with you today my top life changing habits for optimal health wealth and happiness so these habits have transformed my life in so many ways and have transformed many of the women I have had the pleasure of coaching, mentoring and consulting with. So um, beautiful Shay has already given me a lovely introduction, but I'll just introduce myself as well. So obviously my name is Harmony and I, as Shay said, I'm an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner specializing in women's hormonal imbalances and burnout. I'm also a registered nurse and a business mentor for health and wellness professionals. I am absolutely passionate about seeing women achieve health, wealth and happiness in all areas of their lives because women do amazing life-changing things when they feel amazing and they create abundance for themselves. I, so I guess if like, why listen to me? Like there's so many different people that can um, talk about health and wellness and that's wonderful. But I guess, why would you listen to me? I have had more than 17 years experience in the health and wellness space. And I'm a proud and honored to have helped over a thousand women reclaim their health, get off the hormonal roller coaster, rediscover their passion for life and live without symptoms, weighing them down in their life and all their business. I hold a bachelor's degree in nursing and advanced diploma in Ayurvedic medicine. I'm currently studying a master's degree in applied science for um, traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture and have completed a million different other courses in health and fitness. So it really is my jam. I just absolutely love it. 
But besides all of the experience I have, I have, I have literally changed my own life and completely transformed the way I do things so that I can get optimal results with the most simplistic and easy methods in order to achieve health, wealth and happiness. Because I think health has somehow become so complicated these days and it really doesn't have to be. So I guess let's get a little bit more personal. I'm also a self-confessed chai tea enthusiast, a yogi, a podcast host, a wife, and a twin mum to my amazing human twins, Xavier and Cruz. They're my boys in the middle there on the slide. And I also have fur baby twins, and they're my little dogs there, Zula and Charlie. But personally, I have suffered from superwoman syndrome, which is Basically a term I coined about women who just wear a million different hats, trying to do all the things which lead to complete burnout, hormonal disruptions, stress and anxiety. And I see this a lot in the women I treat in my clinic. So I, know, I knew that I had to find a better way, a simplified way that would support my health because without it, it is very hard to achieve anything else really. And it's really hard to achieve purposeful wealth made on my own terms and a lifestyle that would elevate my mood and happiness. So finding a way to better health is just a game changer for me. And I knew that. So today I am going to share with you my six life-changing habits for optimal health, wealth and happiness. And no, you won't hear me tell you to drink lemon water every morning and just eat clean. Although these are very good habits and they might be part of it, I want to go a lot deeper and give you the habits that will completely transform your life. So a little bit more than just those surface habits. To help my clients get results, I have created the higher self methodology and out of my pillars, these six habits are the ones that have helped create the biggest shifts for people that I have witnessed. I personally believe that to achieve wealth and happiness, you need your health first. So health is the most important tool for success in all areas of your life. But health does not simply refer to your physical state of being. Ayurveda looks at health beyond the physical aspect of an optimal functioning body. It sees health as an all-encompassing state of being, including mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and the dharmic aspect of you. So when we look at the dharmic aspect, we're looking at that, fulfilling that deeper purpose as well. Health really equals more opportunities for wealth. The Business Council for International Understanding states that investing in women's health not only means that women stay healthier, but they can also be more economically productive. And they also go on to say that when women are healthy and empowered, so too are their families, communities and nations. So that's why I said at the start of the presentation, we really know that abundance in health and wealth um, in women, it, they, they really do amazing things with it. They don't just keep it all for themselves. It goes greater than they are. It goes to families, communities, and the whole nation. I was actually speaking on a panel um, at, as the health and wellness expert at a business expo the other week, and I was talking about how your health will reflect how you show up in your business or your career or your job 
and the authentic confidence that you ooze, which is really attractive to prospective clients or or to prospective um, getting like higher positions or whatever that might be. So I really believe that health is your biggest asset to being a successful entrepreneur and building wealth or successful in your career. It doesn't mean you have to be an entrepreneur either to, to create great wealth. So what are my six habits for better health, wealth and happiness? I'm going to briefly just tell you what they are and then we're going to really break them down. So the first one is we call it in Ayurveda, we call it dinacharya, but that just really means a daily routine. And then the second one is regular meal times with prana rich foods and prana is life force energy. And the third one is having boundaries with yourself and others. The fourth one is cultivating a healthy mindset. The fifth one is having an equilibrium between movement and stillness. And six is cultivating greater self-awareness. So the first healthy habit, the dinacharya, which is the daily routine, it is a Sanskrit word used in Ayurveda for routine. A daily routine is the foundation of a healthy lifestyle. Studies have shown that one thing most productive and successful people have in common is a morning routine. Many famous and highly successful people contribute their productivity, mental bandwidth and success to having a morning routine. So I thought I'll take the liberty just to talk about like a few famous people um, and what they've said about their morning routine. So take Jennifer Aniston for one, like she is, you know, a famous actress. She um, says that her morning routine is imperative. She wakes up at 4.30 a.m. on a workday. And I'm not saying you all have to do that, but the earlier, earlier you wake up, um, the more that you can incorporate she, it, her morning routine consists of drinking hot water with lemon, washing her face with soap and water, and then meditating for 20 minutes. And then she does 30 minutes of exercise and then 30 minutes of yoga before she starts work. Oprah Winfrey, we all know Oprah, right? The first thing she does in the morning is to brush her teeth and take her dogs out. But then she pulls um, some cards from her 365 gathering truth box and reads five of them every morning. She also does a series of spiritual exercises every day and then she meditates and then she works out before she gets into her work day. And we know Tony Robbins, one of the greatest motivational speakers, he has a daily routine called priming and it only takes 10 minutes or less, but he does this every single morning. It's got three steps. It's a three-step ritual, which involves powerful and direct breathing and movement to center yourself so that you're primed for whatever the day brings. So he starts with breath work and then he thinks of three things that he's grateful for. And then the last one is to visualize three goals that you want to achieve and imagine it's done already. So he's using breath work and movement, gratitude practice and visualization of goals. And that's what he does every morning to prime himself for his day. And he says it only takes him 10 minutes or less. So an Ayurvedic lifestyle is it's really based on three things, which is routine, moderation and aligning with our natural circadian rhythm. 
Now your routine doesn't have to be long and drawn out efforts. Like Tony Robbins, 10 to 15 minutes in the morning of conscious activity can really help you set a positive trajectory for the rest of your day. I mean, if you think about it, we've all had those days when we sleep in until the very last minute and then we get up in a rush and we're trying to get out the door in a hurry, but then we forget things, knocking over things and already feeling completely overwhelmed before it even hits like 8 a.m. in the morning. And that's sort of setting you up for that kind of day. You've woken up, you're already in that sympathetic nervous system, which is the one that is that fight or flight response. And so you've constantly already quickly switched that flick to produce those stress hormones like uh, adrenaline and cortisol. And then that sets you up for that day ahead to be like more of those things happening because you're already in that flighty sort of mood. But if we took the time to get up a bit earlier to wash our face, to have a cup of tea, to do five to 10 minutes of breath work or meditation or movement, whatever sort of works for you, and then enjoy a light breakfast, then went on your day, like how, how would you feel? You'd feel a lot more productive because you've already done things that have helped you out. You're already in that parasympathetic state. So that, that nice restful state, that calming state. So your stress hormones haven't just skyrocketed everywhere. You're relaxed and you're ready to show up as your higher self. So if you just have a think about how are you starting your days and how would you like to start your days? I really suggest that you do a bit of an audit of your morning routine and just think about one or two things that you can add in that might take five to 10 minutes that can get you into that really beautiful state of being. Does anyone have a morning routine? I do. You do? Um, yeah. I, I, I used to and then for the la recently in June my I don't know my anxiety just kind of, I think is I started swaying out of eating healthy food and then I started it's just kind of like I forgot to do this forgot to do this until on that third week I hit the um, my anxiety went skyrocket again mm. um yeah so I, my morning routine really my ideal is very similar to Tony because I'm such a big Tony fans as well sure. um um and so I do first thing what I do is yeah wash my face and then I make myself a drink so I love my um I love my matcha tea um, my matcha latte and then I go to uh, I go outside of the front porch I meditate for five minutes I can't do more than five minutes sometimes if I have enough time yes and then I would do my journal um, um, the intentional journal where you set your intentions for the day of how you wanted to feel at the end of the day um, and what's the uh, main priority I wanted to accomplish that day. Beautiful. And, and the Egoscue exercise as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's only, I mean, it's, it's super, uh, super quick. Um, yeah, but I, I really wanted to keep on that all the time, yeah. Yeah, and how much better do you feel when you, when you have accomplished your routine and it settles that nervous system, right? When in Ayurveda, we talk about these three energy systems and Vata being one of them. And Vata governs the central nervous system. And we know what really 
helps to settle the central nervous system is to give our bodies a routine and to keep ourselves in more of that calming state at the start of the day. So it really, it really does set you up for your day. There's a, a massive difference to waking up, hitting the snooze a million times and quickly rushing out of bed and yeah. or, or getting up that little bit earlier and setting aside some time for yourself because you know, you matter, you matter so much. And the morning has to start with, with you and honoring yourself. Yeah. So yeah. I love your routine. It's beautiful. And like you said, it doesn't need to take all day. It just, yeah, just, it is what it is. 10, yeah. five minutes of meditation. That's absolutely fine. It's perfect. I agree about setting yourself up. If you have that morning routine, it sets yourself up for a very more productive day. I, I really felt the difference when I was doing it and I stopped doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get on to the second healthy habit now. And we really can't do healthy habits without talking about nutrition. But I wanted to sort of talk more about when to have your nutrition as the healthy habit. So it is, we're going to talk about mealtimes in this second healthy habit. So just like your morning routine, it is important to have a good routine with your meals. And something, this is something that a lot of busy women really neglect did you know that when you have regular meal times, your body's intelligence will start to produce digestive enzymes at that time so that when you eat your meal, you can digest it properly. And this will help reduce GI upset, so gut upset, like any bloating or flatulence or indigestion. So it is really important from like that physical aspect to have like meal times at certain regular times of the day. So not just like winging it whenever, you know, whenever you want, having like getting up, having a light breakfast, having a good lunch and then having a smaller dinner. Our bodies work best when we align to the circadian rhythm of nature because we are part of nature. That's what we're supposed to do. But in this modern world, we have sort of lost that concept. <laughs> there is a concept in Ayurvedic medicine, which is called Agni, and that refers to our digestive fire as well as our cellular function. Our Agni, so our digestive fire, when we're looking at it from a nutrition standpoint, is the strongest in the middle of the day. And this is the same time when the sun is the strongest. So again, we look at aligning ourselves with a circadian rhythm, which is the 24 hour clock. The sun is the warmest in the middle of the day. So is our digestive power. So lunchtime should always be the biggest and the main meal of the day. However, these days, I feel like everyone's sort of rushing around and often lunch is just grabbing something quick and easy and downing it whilst you're working or whatever that is. And then you go home and you're starving and you have a big meal for dinner. But actually what that's doing is the big meal at dinner can um, cause digestive um, disruption and also poor sleep quality as well. In the morning, your body is sort of still waking up and warming up. So breakfast should be substantial, but lighter than lunch. And really dinner, if you think about it, it used to be called, um, in the older days, it was called supper, remember? And supper just means a supplement meal. Therefore, dinner should really be our lightest meal. It's just that we've, we've changed that because it's often the time when all of the family can get together, which is beautiful. And we can still share that time and share that connection, but it doesn't need to be like this great big meal or at least have a smaller portion and then save some for lunch the next day. And that's where you have your bigger meal. 
So like I said, having too much to eat before bed can lead to poor sleep quality as the body has to use the energy to try to digest the food. And then it can let be, it can also cause the digestive system to slow down and not even digest the food properly. And then we get a buildup of what we call armor, which is toxins in the body as well. Um, when it comes to meals, another not so popular tip is also to avoid snacking between meals. I know there was a nutrition movement, uh, like I think in the 90s, that sort of spoke about having like six regular meals all of the time. Oh, so just to clear up, when I say regular meal times, I don't mean regular constant meals. I mean like regular meal times as in breakfast is around 7 a.m. every morning, lunch around 12 p.m. and dinner around 6 p.m. Eating all of the time is actually hindering your digestion. So if you think about it, if you don't have a really good agni, digestive fire, then you eat breakfast and then an hour or two later you have a snack, but you haven't digested the meal before, it starts to ferment in the body. And then that process creates a lot more gas and can create bloating and you're not breaking down the food properly. The other thing is every time we're eating, especially if it's got high carbohydrate content or sugars, our body starts to produce insulin, right, to help bring the glucose into the cells. But what happens when we're constantly spiking that insulin, we can never get into a fat burning mode. So a lot of the time people are constantly snacking and they're dysregulating their blood sugars. This also not only can cause havoc for people who are trying to manage their weight, but also for people who have um, find that their moods are affected by how they eat because of the blood sugar dysregulation going on. So that is... Yeah, another reason why we try to have regular meal times and not as much snacking. And then the other thing is we want to look for prana in our food and prana means life force energy. So if you think about having a fresh fruit or vegetable and you have that same vegetable, but you eat it out of a can and it's been sitting in that can for about a year because the use by dates are so long. If you took the seeds or the... Yeah, so if you took like the seeds from the fresh fruit and vegetable and you planted it in soil, new life would sprout. You can create a new tree. But if you took that canned vegetable and planted it into the soil, nothing would grow because it's been zapped of its prana. And when we eat, we chew our food and it turns into chime, like the, the paste when we eat. And then literally it goes down, you know, down into our mouth, down our throat, into our stomach, and then from our stomach into our small intestine and large intestine. And what happens is that then the nutrients from that food gets absorbed into your bloodstream. Your blood carries the nutrients to each cell in your body. And so literally what you're eating and absorbing is creating the tissues of your body, generating the cells. So really what you are eating, and if you were eating food that is fresh and rich in prana, it really is going on to build you, your body, your tissues, your health. So when we look at like a healthy meal plan, that would be like having, um, you know, something, I guess, like a healthy fat or protein with a bit of carbohydrate in the morning. So if you like a, a bit of avocado and toast, you just don't want to go nuts with the avo. <laughs> 
Um, and then for lunch, having like a lean protein with some vegetables. And then the dinner would be a smaller sort of meal, even like, especially in the winter months here in Australia, like a beautiful soup or, or stew, but it's generally the smaller um, meal of the day. So my third healthy habit is boundaries, right? And it might sound like a bit of an interesting habit to build and one that you don't expect to hear in a talk like this, but it is so imperative for your health. Having boundaries gives you more freedom. Having boundaries is self-care and honouring your self-worth, and that is health, right? A lot of women I see in my clinic who suffer a lot of stress and anxiety or are chronically fatigued, they do not have boundaries with themselves, their work or their business or the people around them. So if you are exhausted all of the time, you need to see where you are spending your energy because you only have so much to spend, especially if you're not eating Prada-rich foods. And if you are constantly spending it on everyone else, you will not leave enough for yourself or the things that you love to do. Setting boundaries, it can be hard at first, especially when you have to articulate those boundaries to the people you love and you haven't done this before or your clients, and, or even yourself. But if no one knows your boundaries, then you cannot get upset when you feel drained from others or if you keep saying yes to things that you do not want to say yes to. Now, I totally get it. I have been there. I have been a people pleaser and a yes person until it completely wreaked havoc on my physical and emotional health. And I'm telling you, like, not having boundaries is one of the things I have to work on with a lot of my clients who have adrenal fatigue or HPA access dysregulation because it creates such a big internal stress and an external stress for them. Boundaries, they give you more time. They give you mental clarity, confidence and freedom. Boundaries will also help you build an abundance in your life, in all areas of your life. So you've got to realize that your self-worth and your time really, really matters. So is there anyone here who like does struggle with boundaries? Is this, is this something that is maybe even triggering for you to hear? Yeah, we both are. I think Ellen said yes as well. <laughs> yeah, and it's so common among women. Like yeah. it is. Um, I I've learned it the hard way, especially last year. Um, but I started um really practicing to set my boundaries. My life has been life changing as well. Although sometimes I still fall back. Um, I feel like ended up um people pleasing still, but um definitely I feel like I'm. 70% better than I was last year and it's definitely life-changing amazing and and you're right like we still you know we still will fall into that trap of sometimes you know people pleasing or saying yes when it's not really a yes like we didn't come from that great place but you know we learn from that again we we recognize that we're like oh we, we've done it again but next time we put um you know these tools in place all that recognition in place so that we can notice 
what happened and then we can stop and we can reflect and we can think about it. And, and it is hard to, to set those boundaries if you haven't had them set before because you really have to make a point of letting people know about them. And that goes for yourself. Like I've, I've ran multiple businesses and prior or, or kind of in conjunction with this one earlier on, I had an active wear business and I was like answering emails all times of the night. I was like, I, I didn't have strong boundaries in with my work hours, um, weekends, clients messaging me. And now I'm like, no, these are my work times and I clock off. Like I am the, the director of my life. And if I don't set boundaries for myself, especially being an entrepreneur and you work for yourself, then you can really get, you know, taken away with your business. And that's what creates businesses to, to fail because you burn out. So your health, your boundaries is the core pillar of your business or of your family life or of of your career like if you're not an entrepreneur like it is it is the core being and and if you can be more stronger in yourself and have those boundaries set then you will feel a lot lighter you don't need to carry the weight of everybody else's expectations on your shoulders and that really comes with you setting strong boundaries with yourself and with the people around you so I think in your workbook, there is a question there around boundaries and, you know, just having some time like after this, this discussion, maybe thinking about where those boundaries are a little bit weaker or where you can put them in place to help serve you and to, to really be strong with that. And sometimes, you know, it is hard to do on your, on your own. You might want to reach out and um, get some help with setting these boundaries and how you can articulate them to the people around you. But I am telling you this habit, I think it's almost number one for life changing when you can really, really do this well. And so the fourth healthy habit is mindset and mastering your beliefs. Mindset has become a really trendy word lately, but Ayurveda has been speaking of the importance of mindset for thousands of years. And from like an Ayurvedic perspective, there are three qualities of the mind, which we call Mahagunas. And the first quality is Sattva, and that is purity, uh, joy, happiness, love, clarity. And then the, the second quality of the mind is rajas, which is very trans, um, transformative. It's drive, it's passion, it's determination. And then the third quality of the mind is tamas, which is dullness, inertia, and darkness. And they all interplay all day with each other. And they're all needed at certain times, as in, we, with our Western mind, we, we think things as bad or good, but that's not always like that. So when we talk about um, tamas being dullness and inertia, we still need tamas mindset to be able to get, or a tamas mind to get to sleep because we need that inertia, right? But we definitely don't want that all the time or it won't. we won't have that clarity of vision. We won't have that drive, that transformation that we need to move forward in life either. There are also different aspects or parts of the mind, I should say, rather. So we look at the higher mind, which we call in Ayurveda as the Mahad. It's the universal intelligence. It's the knowing in order that everything has a purpose. 
And from Mahad, buddhi is created and buddhi in Sanskrit uh, means intellectual faculty. So our intellectual part of the mind. The buddhi allows for knowledge of the world and it defines the sense impressions that our mind perceives and records. It's the power to form and retain concepts and reasoning and understanding and intuition. So it isn't the judgments and the thoughts itself, it's the power and the intellect behind them. And then from that part of the mind, we go to create the ahamkara, which is the ego. It's that's where the sense of self is formed. And ego is necessary to survive on earth. And I know that we have given it a really negative connotation and probably learned this as a kid. We're like, oh, my gosh, like he or she is so egotistical, meaning like they've got a big head, right? But it does help with our survival. And really what the ego ego is, it's our, um, our way of discerning different things and danger. So the ego is dependent on also where it is receiving the information from. So is the ego receiving it through that higher mind, the Mahad and the Buddhi, creating your individual perception? Or is your ego mind influenced by the external world? So social media, like that's a big one. We're always forming judgment from what we hear and see on social media, from our friends, from our family. We, we take on their beliefs. But if we can really sit back and let our own mind decide and get that, that higher intellect decide, what is it that we truly know to be true and believe? Is our mind, is our thoughts and our perception, is it formed through fear or is it formed through a natural state of love and consciousness and creation? So being really aware of different aspects of mindset is, um, is key to understanding how the mind works. Through conditioning, our mind often then will create stories. So like I said, when, when we're perceiving things on social media, on TV, or hearing things from friends and family, or, or being in traumas or our own situations, our mind then creates stories that we may be unaware of at the time. And these stories can then become our limiting beliefs and can stop us from moving forward in all areas of our life. So what, we, what happens is when we do mindset, like real mindset work, we are helping to break these conditioned patterns in the mind and rewire a new neural pathway that can help us see the true nature of who we are. When we tap into our true essence, we can start to believe what is possible for us. And that is why working on your mindset daily is such an important habit to create because we want to recreate those new neural pathways that allow us to see who we truly are and our true potential, right? And that really starts with presence. So truly being present in any moment. So even right now, like completely being aware of who you are, like just checking into who you are, where you are, fully listening with your attention and being completely present. You know, when you're washing your dishes, we're like, oh, this is crappy. This is so boring. And watching the TV or listening to a podcast and all of the other things that are going around. But if you can just say, hey, I'm going to give myself a moment to be truly present, look at the dish, wash the dish, put it, you know, put it in the rack nice and slowly and mindfully. You don't have to do it the whole time. But if you can actually do that for a little while, 
you are really building that mindset muscle. So it really does start with being present and being aware of where you are, what you are doing and who you are in that moment. And there are a lot of different uh, different ways that you can cultivate a mindset. But what uh, the way I do it through Ayurvedic psychology with my clients is we really look at where those subconscious limiting beliefs come from and what they are, because sometimes we're not even aware of that, and then work through a process to be able to rewire that pattern and see for yourself that, you know, you are, you are worthy just because something happened. Um, you didn't get picked for a sports team, for instance, and you weren't even aware that that created this sort of um, mindset belief pattern that's on repeat that um, you're not good enough. And then that you're not good enough shows up in other areas of your life. And whenever you're not picked first for something, quickly that thought pattern starts to flick into your mind subconsciously and you're not even aware of it. And it's like, well, you didn't get picked for that job or you didn't get promotion because you're not good enough. And that all streams back from this limiting belief that was created in your young subconscious mind. So then what we need to do is to be able to realize that, work on that and flip that narrative because we know now that that's not true, that that situation isn't true in every aspect. And we've got to understand that to be able to create that new neural pathway. So it does take work, but if you can cultivate a mindset, even a mindset of acceptance, then you can, you know, really excel in all areas of your life. Does anyone have any questions before we move on actually for the mindset? All right. <laughs> So the fifth uh, healthy habit is movement and stillness. So life is a balance between dynamic flow and static structure, and that goes for us as humans too. So it is super important. We know that it's really important to move our body every day, but are we doing it? So not only does movement obviously help our cardiovascular system, it helps to manage our weight, it helps to clear our mind, but it also helps with our lymphatic system. And our lymphatic system helps draw toxins out of the cells, out of the body and excrete them out. So it's really a detoxification process movement is. It helps to reduce disease. We know that through lots and lots of studies. It helps to oxygenate all of the cells it is a positive stress on the body and it helps with um, mental health. Um, obviously, there's like so many studies showing that movement, movement daily really helps with our mindset. So we've just spoke about mindset and mental clarity. So even when we're looking at doing mindfulness and working on our mindset, that could be even going for a walk in nature and just noticing everything around you, like being really present on that walk, notice the trees, notice the flowers and talking, maybe even walking as you're talking to yourself or in your mind, you know, talking about how wonderful and amazing you are. Like, I know if I'm getting really, really stressed out, I've had done a lot of things 
um, for that day and I just need to chill out. I love taking my dogs for a walk and sometimes to get out of my mind, I'm like, hey, you know, you can chill out. You can uh, stop working now. You've done a really great job. Like tell yourself that because you've got to be your biggest cheerleader, right? We can't expect everyone else to give us that that sense of gratitude if we can't give it to ourselves. So we can put mindfulness and um, movement together and it's a really beautiful blend. But stillness is just an, as important. And I don't mean stillness as in sitting down and working all day, every day. It is, it's really cultivating time where you can actually be still and being mindful in that stillness. And for some people, being still can actually be harder than moving because still with stillness comes quietness. And when we quiet the mind, we have to recognize and hear our thoughts. And some people are afraid of what comes up, right? But if we don't deal with that, if we keep running from stillness, then we really can't cultivate that true sense of awareness, which is, you know, we're leading into and that true sense of self and that true sense of mindfulness. So I like to really my morning routine, I always add movement. I love movement. I need that to really get my day going. Um, and then in the evening, I still love to go for a walk with my dog, especially if I've had a really big day at work. And with the stillness, before I go to bed, I like to do like put my legs up the wall and have like time to do stillness and meditation. So I ground myself after a day. But if I know I'm jumping like between seeing clients or having meetings or studying or the kids, whatever it is, I'll literally give myself on the timer one to two minutes. So it's not long, but it's enough to sit there, close down my eyes and just breathe and just be still and quiet for one to two minutes, because what that does is it recalibrates the central nervous system. So as I mentioned earlier in the presentation, we are constantly in that sympathetic nervous system, that sense of stress and urgency all the time. We really need to keep dropping back into the parasympathetic nervous system to rewire, to, to recalibrate our central nervous system. Because when we don't, we really, that can cause havoc, especially on female bodies and their hormone, hormonal system. So one to two minutes, if you know you're getting a bit flustered, you've got to quickly go from one thing or the next, time yourself, give yourself one to two minutes, put it, put the timer on. I love the app Insight Timer. You can use like those dongs, those bells that gives you a timer, but it's also got heaps of free meditations on there too. But then just time yourself. Give yourself a minute to stop and breathe and settle down into your breath. It is such a life, life changer. So we do need to be more aware of finding that balance between movement and stillness each day. So where are you moving? How are you moving? And where are you being still and quiet? And are you taking time to do both of those? Or do you tend to do more of one than the other? And why is that? Really starting to ask yourself these questions and give yourself a bit of a lifestyle audit will help you build these healthy habits for yourself. And none of these healthy habits mean that you have to go and do a three-hour workout and a one-hour meditation. I'm talking about a few, you know, 20 minutes of movement a day is what you actually need, like what all of the studies have concluded to for just maintaining health. So at least 20 minutes of movement a day. 
but where are you fitting in that stillness and that quietness as well? Where are you actually helping your central nervous system to recalibrate? And my sixth healthy habit, life, life-changing healthy habit is cultivating self-awareness. And this includes having daily check-ins of how you are feeling every single day and why you are feeling that way. What is your one focus for the day? Assessing self-awareness, you can do it in many ways. So I think we often, we go through our days not being aware of anything. We're just on autopilot. We get up, we brush our teeth, we go to work, we take the kids to school or whatever that might be. We do our thing, then the evening comes and we're trying to cook dinner and we're just going through our day, a bit like Groundhog Day. But we've ne- we haven't taken the time to be really aware of what we're doing through the day and how we're feeling. Like if we want to cultivate this beautiful life for ourselves, this great health, wealth and happiness, it needs to start with us and it needs to start with us being really self-aware of who we are, how we're feeling and how we can change that. So there's different methods that you can tap into this self-awareness. And one of the ones that I really love is through breath work or pranayama. So with breath work, it brings you out of your head because we're all up here like, oh, a million things to do, rah, and it brings you back into your body and holistically with yourself, right? So breath work will activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So again, we're um, recalibrating the nervous system. It also tones the vagus nerve that moves through the body and helps with that parasympathetic state. And the other thing with breath work is it also helps with digestion because it actually, the diaphragm, when we're moving that through breath work, massages the stomach. So it's wonderful for digestion too, if you have digestive issues. But all you need to do is like carve out a couple of minutes in your day. So even if that's that stillness where I said carve out two to one to two minutes, um, like a few times a day and time yourself you can actually use that time to create that stillness and that quietness but also do it with your breath so there's multiple ways you can do it you can literally just inhale for the count of six through your nose and then exhale through your nose for the count of six And you really want to feel your whole diaphragm move. Like you want to get the air right down to the lower lobes of the lungs. So really inhaling deeply, exhaling. You can't have like, you can't have a rushing mind with a slow controlled breath. So if you notice when you're getting anxious or annoyed or whatever that feeling angry, whatever that um, heightened feeling is, your breath will become more shallow. It'll become faster and it'll be up in the top part of your chest but if you can be aware of that and then you can start to slow that down it will in turn slow the mind down because they work together you can't have like this chaotic mind and a beautiful calm slow breath it doesn't work like that so to be able to control your mind is to be able to control your breath the other one that I love to do um, and teach my clients is called box breathing So that's where you would inhale for the count of four, hold the breath for four, exhale for four and hold for four. So you're creating like a a box 
with your breath. <laughs> so there's a few other ways that you can also cultivate more self-awareness. And that is through questioning yourself, right? Through asking yourself good questions. When you ask yourself good questions, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask, right? So asking, how are you feeling? Why are you feeling this way? Not ignoring your feelings and your emotions, being aware of why you're feeling like that. What are your goals? What are your desires? Why aren't you chasing them? Remember what I said at the very start, like Ayurveda looks at health in a very holistic view and that includes your dharmic path. Like, are you feeling purposeful in any area of your life? Because if you're not, we need to find ways that you are and your purpose doesn't need to be related to your job or to your career or to your business. Our dharma changes throughout our life. So if we are, we go and going to uni or we are about to have a baby and then we have a baby, that's your dharma in that part of your life is caring for that child. You might then go on to create a business. That is part of your dharma if it is in alignment with your ethics and your soul and your nature and if it's feeling good for you. So asking yourself those questions cultivates more awareness about who you are and that allows you to align yourself with your higher self, right? And ultimate health is being really aligned to that higher self. So ask yourself quality questions because that will determine the quality of your life. And as Shay mentioned, she journals, which is a beautiful, um, a really beautiful tool to create more self-awareness. So not everybody loves journaling, but some people just absolutely love it. And it is such a great, great tool because you can get all of the thoughts out of your mind and onto that paper. And you might be really surprised with what comes out as long as you're not trying to control what you write. So just allow it to flow. No one's reading it and it doesn't have to be perfect. So if you are someone who's more of a perfectionist, be really mindful that that's not what you want to bring into your journaling session. You want it to be messy. You want it to be free flowing. You want it to come from that higher self so that you can uh, let go of some of the emotions you're having because emotions are just energy in motion until they become stuck, right? So we need to allow, we need to free them. We, we need to allow them to move or else they manifest in the body. And other ways um, to cultivate more uh, awareness is to really have that mind-body awareness. So learning about how your body functions so that you can hear its whispers before it starts screaming at you. So as women, like we have this really beautiful but complex hormonal system, we have our body functions in, in so many different ways. And the more that you can understand how your body functions and why it functions that way, you understand yourself better. If you can start to track your cycle, notice how you feel when you're ovulating or when you're about to bleed and just really understand yourself from that perspective. It, it helps to dissociate yourself from any poor feelings you might have. Like say you get uh, moody just before your, your period and then you think, oh, I'm such an idiot. Like I'm so nasty. Why does this always happen? But if you can preempt that that might happen, you can do something about it. And you can also be aware of like, hey, my hormones are creating a bit of havoc this, this month. I need to work out how I can manage them because it's not me. It's not me as a person. I'm not like a nasty 
person who just snaps, there is a chemical imbalance going on in my body and I'm aware of that. The more awareness you have about yourself and how your body functions, the more centered you will feel within yourself. So, And like the other thing is when I was talking about asking yourself those questions is part of self-awareness is, is understanding and knowing what brings you joy and purpose and walking your dharmic path. So when you have when you stop to like either journal or sit in silence or whatever it might look like for you but when you stop to really ask yourself what is it that you love doing and have you made a commitment to yourself to do that at least once per week like if you think about it what what is it that you love doing have you even neglected to ask that because you just don't have time or because it just doesn't seem like it's something that you would contemplate even asking. But when you can actually sit there and say, hang a minute, what, what is it that I really love? Like what lights me up? And how can I do that thing at least once a week? And if I'm not doing it once a week for myself, why not? Because if you look at the other pillars of creating healthy habits and we go back to boundaries, if you are setting boundaries with your time, with yourself, with your family, with your friends in other areas of your life, you can create more time to do things that you love because you really matter. And the core of your health, you know, it can be created from having this beautiful essence of doing the things that you love. It can make you feel inspired it can make you feel it can give you energy you know so asking yourself like what do I what do I love what do I really really love what would make me really happy if I could do this one thing weekly at least weekly so living in like a state of joy is is the ultimate healthy habit right and it's not to say that we won't have down days because we're all human we're all living this human existence to experience the different emotions that human have and the, and the different things that life throws, throws at us. But if you're feeling down more than happy, you have to ask yourself why. You have to ask those quality questions because only you can free yourself from the burden. And one way to increase your level of joy is by doing things that you like to do just for the fun of it. And I know like as we become adults, we stop doing things just for fun. Right? That's, this is actually what we need more of. We need more fun. And I remember, yeah, I was like hardcore in work mode and uh, studying a lot of things going on. And I had the kids, this was um, oh, probably about six months ago when the kids were on holidays. And I was like, oh, I'm just feeling like so um just like a, just too much into my work I'm feeling like I'm lacking fun and I had the awareness that I need to bring more fun and I thought hmm, what's going to bring fun for me and the kids and I thought oh I love water slides so I was like kids we're going to a um white water world <coughs> sorry I'm just coughing now So I think, yeah, being able to ask yourself, like, what, what is fun? Like, where can you break the mold of Groundhog Day with something fun? So 
what is like you can write in your workbook like what is a weekly activity that you can commit to just for fun now like I know going to white water world isn't a weekly habit <laughs> but what is a weekly habit you can do that is just for fun and how are you going to implement daily check-ins with yourself to bring more self-awareness so by that I mean where, where in your day can you stop and say hey hey honey how are you feeling or hey hey Shay how, how are you feeling and just check in with how, like I'm feeling good or I'm okay today or you know what I'm feeling run down well if you're feeling run down what do you need to do about that or I'm feeling bored or I'm feeling like I'm lacking purpose ask how can you check in more often and that might be by putting a reminder on your phone at 10 a.m every morning and the reminder goes off and it says check in with yourself it's simple as that like these little tiny healthy habits can create a huge difference in your life so the power is in your hands to change your health and just remember what doesn't change doesn't change so what will you start to implement to create a healthy impact out of the six life-changing habits, which one are you going to start with and how are you going to do it? And like really think about it and really try to implement it because you can read all, all of the self-development books out there in the world, but if you don't actually implement changes, then nothing changes. You don't grow and or expand and you don't get to really, you know, become part of that higher self that you are so worthy of being. So think about at least one or two healthy habits, even if it's the five minute daily check-in or one minute daily check-in, like what are you going to do to create better health for yourself? And then I would also just like to take this opportunity to thank you so much for taking this journey with me. I hope that you all enjoyed it and got at least one takeaway from the session. I would love to stay connected and would love to welcome um, you to join my private Facebook community, which is the Ayurveda Soul Sister Tribe. And then also, if you would like to work one-to-one -one with me, uh, you can get in contact via social media or directly through my website. So thank you so much, everybody. I really appreciated um, your time and thank you so much, Shay, for inviting me along. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, and sorry, I just have like questions that have been submitted to me, um, yeah. if that is okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there is one question that was, um, uh, I was asked to ask. So um, um, I'm just going to read the, uh, I'm interested to see what she says about the God thought. I have Ibs and Jud, I don't know if I pronounce it correctly, <laughs> um, plus overactive bladder. So my gut health is um, probably not good so it'll be interesting to get some tips on how to improve the gut health yeah gut health is such a big <laughs> such a big thing um and from like the Ayurvedic perspective we look at strengthening agni so that's your digestive fire because if you're not able to absorb and digest um, your nutrients properly then the whole body doesn't function our gut does so much like a 
you know, 90% of the serotonin is in our gut, which is our happy hormone, right? So if we don't have good gut health, it can lead to poor moods. We can also have lots of different things um, happen, like we can have leaky gut, where the villi in the gut, which are these finger-like projections, they start to separate. And then we can have um, food particles that move through and into the bloodstream that shouldn't be there. And it creates an autoimmune response, which creates food sensitivities and food um, allergies. There, so there's so much that can happen with the gut. It's it's really on an individual uh, basis. And so looking at the gut, like I do functional lab tests with my clients, we do um, gut, uh, complete gut mapping, microbiome mapping. So we look at the microbiome of that individual's gut to see if there's any overgrowth of bacteria or undergrowth of the good one, if there's parasites, there's, it's never like a, a straight and simple answer with gut health, but it does start with your nutrition and it does start with having regular prana rich meals and then also being really aware of your symptoms and tracking your symptoms. I mean, a lot of gut health issues, you know, they've been diagnosed with having IBS but they've actually got SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And that's talking about the small intestine, not the large intestine. And then a lot of women also who have a lot of bloating and they think they have IBS, they've actually got endometriosis, which is more of a, it's a condition of the uterus and um, hormones contribute to that. Our gut health also um, metabolizes our hormones. So there can be hormonal imbalances that go on. It's like, the gut health is such a, a complex, a complex issue. And that's why it could, yeah, like you really do need to work one-to-one -one with someone for, to work out what's happening with your gut. There is just thousands of different things <laughs> that, that can happen. But if you want to look at um, just the very basics of gut health, it, it is coming down to your diet and to nutrition and your stress because the, the chemical imbalances that can go from through the vagus nerve to the gut can trigger a lot of gut disturbances. That is so helpful. I wasn't aware of, sorry, what was the test again that checks your microbiome? Uh, the full gut microbiome mapping. Oh, I will. Because I've been very, in, I've actually been very interested on this personally recently. I started with, because um, I know I've been eating a lot of takeaways, bad food. Um, since I moved to Australia, um, you know, there's so many preservatives here being offered and all these frozen meals. Um, and I, and then I started when I did the Tony Robbins, started um, being more involved in that. I started that celery juice, they said, to clear your microbiome. And then I was listening to this and it's kind of really interesting how it affects your brain, how mm. you think as well. I will do this test as well. <laughs> yeah, there's all, yeah, so many different things. And it depends what part of the gut is affected too. And like I said, it could be that someone's got SIBO, which is the small intestine. So the gut microbiome is not going to show that. The uh, SIBO test is mm. like a breath test. So there's lots of, different yeah the, the gut is huge <laughs> the gut's yeah. a huge topic yeah yeah I've got other questions but it seems like they've been asked already um, I've been they've been answered already during the discussion um and then I think there was one um there's one question as well in terms of the frozen vegetables is that something um 
is that okay but you what's your thought about the frozen vegetables um you know like the ones that we can buy from Woolies, coles yeah sure for it's better than having no vegetables right okay. i mean if, <laughs> if we look at um it from like an ayurvedic perspective obviously freezing the vegetables is going to take a bit of the prana out of the food and be, because a they're older so they've been you know harvested and chopped and frozen maybe ages ago like could be a year or two we don't know how long they've been in the freezer but it's certainly a lot better than having no vegetables so we've got to really think of how we can apply these this beautiful ancient wisdom to our modern day living and if you're if you are really um you know hard for time or or money and the frozen vegetables serve you then that's okay because you're still getting your vegetables um, but what I would suggest is like if you can get fresh vegetables and pre-cut them and then store them in like the airlock air containers in your fridge, then they're easy access and that's going to give you a lot more nutrients. And if you remember we spoke about the nutrients moving into um, to, to nourish all of your cells. So if you're someone that suffers with like a lot of fatigue, a, you could have gut health problems because you're not absorbing the, the nutrients from the food, but also maybe it's also the nutrition, right? So it's not the right vitamins and minerals from the food that is nourishing your cells. Amazing. Um, sorry, Ellen, do you have any other question or other um, questions? Um, no, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, thank you so much for having me. But yeah, if anyone does would love to work one-to-one, -one, I do offer a three-month um, program where we you get a whole nutrition plan. Um, you get one-to-one -one sessions with myself. We go through all of your health issues, Ayurvedic psychology, all of that. Um, but And also for health and wellness practitioners, I like I do do business mentorship and coaching and I do offer my signature program, which is an accredited program that certifies you to become I'm an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. So if these type of things interest you and you love sharing health with everybody else and would love to create a career or even add the, this element to your existing career, um, then, yeah, I do offer a certification program as well. So please reach out. Amazing. Yeah, I have one. I actually have two members reach out to me because they saw the workbook at the last page and they actually quite interested. And I'm actually interested as well. So... Yeah, we'll definitely share your, your details in the group. Um, and I will reach out as well to get more information. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. You too. Thank you. Thanks, Harmony. Thank you, Ellen. And thanks, everyone. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. If you missed the intro and jumped straight to the episode, don't forget that my Ayurveda Alchemist program is open for enrollment via application. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach and will help you up-level your health and wellness business. You'll gain access to the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and graduate with a knowledge of how to incorporate this timeless wisdom and holistic framework into your business so that you can create greater impact and boldly step into the high-level practitioner you know you can be. If you are ready to up-level your life and help transform the life of others by becoming an Ayurveda alchemist, head over to harmonyinspiredhealth.com 
www.ai.com.au and apply today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and staying right to the end. Let's take our relationship a little further and connect in the world of socials. Follow me personally on Instagram at harmony.inspired.ayurveda. My women's health clinic on Instagram is harmony underscore inspired underscore health or join our Facebook community, the Ayurvedic Soul Sister Tribe. Reach out on any of those channels and let me know if you enjoyed the episode, what type of episodes you would like to hear more of in the future or simply just swing by and say hi. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so the wisdom shared in these episodes can be spread far and near. Thank you so much, my friends, from my soul to yours.